Hey everybody, Trent here, and welcome to our first ever bonus episode of Body Count. Now, uh, this is a special St. Patrick's Day, uh, well it's not really a surprise because we did mention it at the end of the last episode, but this is a little St. Patrick's Day gift to all of you guys, our listeners. And by the way, we are now over 400 strong at Body Count Show over on Instagram, so thank you for that. Um... So, yes, this is Leprechaun. Uh, this was originally recorded as a practice show uh, back before we ever did our first true episode, which you guys heard, which was Halloween. So this was recorded back in October. Um, we didn't really have the format down. We didn't really have our flow down. So things are a little bit different here than what you're used to. Uh, it's still very funny. Uh, it's quite the movie here. Um, audio's not quite uh, perfect, uh, there is some uh, digitization on Graham's track at about the 43-minute mark. Uh, it goes away pretty quickly after that, um, so just get past it. At the there's there's one little rough spot, but other than that, it's not too bad. And yeah, uh, we we guys hope you enjoy it and have a happy St. Patrick's Day. And we will see you next Friday for our next proper episode, episode 11, Halloween 2. But for now, let's get into Leprechaun. This is Body Count, a horror movie podcast, with your hosts, Trent Scott and Graham Asher. <laughs> Welcome to Body Count, the home of all things creepy, crawly, ghouly, gory, or anything else that goes bump in the night. I am Trent Scott, and that is Graham Ashley. How's it going, Trent? Excited to be here again on the Body Body Count podcast. Really excited to jump right into this next movie. Trent, tell us what we're reviewing this time. We have the all-time classic. (laughs) Says with tongue firmly planted in cheek. Leprechaun from 1993 starring Jennifer Aniston a year and a half before Friends and we'll talk about that here in a little bit and Warwick Davis yes Leprechaun um, like you said classic classic horror film came out in the early 90s um, you know before our lead actress was famous like you said we will discuss probably at length later on in this podcast um, a really oh, and I have a doozy of a comparison. <laughs> I have a doozy of a comparison for you later on too that you're gonna love. Looking forward to it. Yeah, really, really fun um, review here, Trent. Um, Leprechaun. Um, I'm sure everybody who used to frequent Blockbuster or any movie stores back in the day remembers seeing this creepy <laughs> uh, cover art in the horror section. Maybe you picked it up. Maybe you didn't. But we're gonna talk about it. Yes, this was the launch of a franchise, uh, I believe, seven (laughs) total movies, including the reboot from just a few years ago. Um, Yes. But let's uh, let's dive right into it. So we open up, uh, we have like a little pre-credit stinger where we see Mr. Leprechaun uh, walking down (laughs) a a creepy staircase counting his gold. Um, And then credits, and then we come to our first scene, which basically it's like a little... 10 minute uh, movie within a, or, or setup, if you will, before we actually get into our movie proper. 
Yeah, and I thought, so like you said, we, we just see like a little teaser of the leprechaun. He has his pot of gold, and I had to play it a couple times to get the little uh, little poem or little... Oh, yes, little I, mean, I meant says, to get this. I'm glad you got this because I forgot to do it. Yeah, so he says, try as they will, try as they might, who steals me gold won't live through the night. So we are set up for some... <laughs> this is not a leprechaun to, to mess with. No, if you steal his gold, you're not going to live through the night. So, yep, that's how we get started. Okay, so 1983, Dan O'Grady returns to his home in North Dakota. He greets his wife on the front steps. Um, he's acting a bit strange. She asks him why, and he tells him, he tells his wife, we're rich. And he would eventually go on <laughs> to tell her that he, while he was away on business in Ireland, he captured a leprechaun and stole his gold. To this, yes. Mrs. Mrs. O'Grady tells him, oh, you must be drunk or whatever. Go inside and I'll make you a, 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 a what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, a pot of tea. Pot. pot. I couldn't think of the word <laughs> pot for some reason. Uh, I'll put the kettle on. <laughs> yes. A kettle of tea. So they go inside. Uh, Dan uh, goes to the bathroom or whatever. His wife is working on the tea and she hears a child's voice coming from his suitcase. So she goes to investigate and unwittingly sets loose the leprechaun from hell. Yes. Um, he, she gets startled from this leprechaun from hell, like you said, Trent, um, because she's expecting, I don't know what she's expecting. She's expecting to unveil a small child in this small suitcase. But either way, she is definitely surprised when a magical leprechaun pops out. So a confrontation ensues and Mrs. O'Grady, never named, unfortunately, Mrs. O'Grady falls down the steps into the basement, breaks her neck, and she's gone. Body count number one, hit the bell. Body count number one, Mrs. O'Grady with the broken neck in the basement. So from there, Mr. O'Grady uh, hears the commotion, comes downstairs, gets into a standoff with the leprechaun. The leprechaun's demanding his gold. Uh, Mr. O'Grady pulls out a gun, but more importantly, he pulls out the only <laughs> secret weapon that can defeat this evil creature, a four-leaf clover. Yes, he came prepared. He has, not only does he have the uh, two-shot revolver kind of handgun, but also a four-leaf clover that he holds out in front of him as if it was like, I don't know, garlic or some kind yes. of... Uh, I've, I've, like heard of said, I've heard kryptonite. of bringing a knife to a gunfight, but have you ever brought a gun to a clover fight? <laughs> Never. <laughs> so the standoff ensues. O'Grady traps the leprechaun in a crate, places the four-leaf clover on top of the crate, securing the leprechaun in the crate, pours gasoline on it, makes his way upstairs the leprechaun is taunting him the whole time telling him not to overexert himself that he's going to have a stroke as o'grady lights a match the leprechaun magically blows it out from the crate and o'grady cl collapses has a stroke we find out later he's not dead so don't ring that bell just yet yep don't ring that bell i was ready to ring the bell but don't <laughs> ring that bell <laughs> don't ring the bell also did the stroke look um eerily like it just looked like he was having a heart attack like um yeah definitely felt more in the weeds on that yeah but we're told it's a chest. stroke but it definitely felt more like a heart attack yeah definitely felt more like a heart attack we don't know what happened to good old mr o'grady <laughs> yes so from there 
the leprechaun is trapped in the crate. O'Grady's lying out on the, the kitchen floor with, his, with the corpse of his dead wife. And we smash cut to 10 years later. It's now 1993. We meet the Redding family. A father, J.D., and his young daughter, Tori. I say young. She's, I mean, they, ne- they never really place an age on her, but, I mean, we'd say early 20s probably. Yeah. See, I thought they mentioned once that she's supposed to be a teenager, but she definitely seems she's like too her old early to, 20s. Yeah, she's just too old. Um, yeah. And so she's not very happy where they are, is she, Trent? She is very obsessed with Hollywood and Beverly Hills and thinks she's in New Mexico, but alas, we're in North Dakota. <laughs> right. So what did you know it by happenstance that the house that Mr. Reddick has purchased is the O'Grady house? Yes, that's familiar house. <laughs> Which uh, has apparently sat for 10 years and the only thing anybody ever bothered to do was take out the O'Grady bodies, but uh, they didn't spruce up the place. Nobody discovered the evil leprechaun in the crate. They just left him there. Yes, and it is, it is hence to be known as the O'Grady Farm. Um, it seems like everybody in town knows the place, um, but like you said, it's sat there abandoned for the last 10 years. Nobody's bothered to go down in the basement to see, you know, if there's anything of value um, or, you know, maybe a leprechaun hiding in a crate. Yeah, we, we will. <laughs> I have some thoughts on this that we will get to later. <laughs> um, so they arrive at the house. Uh, he tells... Tori not to judge the book by the cover. He being JD, her father, tells her not to judge the book by the cover. She says this book doesn't even have a cover. <laughs> Zing. So they go inside. It's a total disaster. She says she's going to book a room at the nearest hotel. So she goes outside to make a call on her portable phone, not a cellular phone, yeah. a portable phone. And wouldn't you know it? She steps outside and she literally bumps into Nathan. Uh, the first of a crew of three painters. Uh, she causes him to spill his paint thinner. She offers him 20 bucks, then 40 bucks to apologize. And um, they get into a little argument. Uh, he says, you know, oh, why, why do all girls are afraid of spiders and houses and stuff? And she takes offense to this, even though she quite literally was. And uh, yes. she, re- she refuses to back down. So she, her father comes out and tells her, okay, you're right. We'll, we'll, we'll go somewhere else. And, she's, and she demands at this point that they stay. Yes, she wants to stay. Um, you know, there's a little bit of flirty banter going on between her and Nathan. Um, you can kind of see that she's like, all right, well, you know, this place isn't so bad if this, you know, handsome guy's around. So, and to prove him wrong, that she's not afraid of creepy crawly things and spiders and spider webs, she um, talks her dad into having them stay. So from there, we meet the rest of Nathan's crew, his little brother, Alex, and their lovable oaf of a friend, Ozzy. I'm saying lovable in quotation marks, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get from the beginning that Ozzy is a well-meaning, but probably a simple guy. Um, it's even, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but um, he's definitely, I don't know, when I first saw, I was like, is this the comic relief? Is this the, yeah, Ozzy. Did, did, you, uh, did you ever read Of Mice and Men by chance? No, sir. So Of Mice and Men, it's a, it's a classic tell. It's, you know, one of the great American, uh, American novels written by John Steinbeck. It is the story of uh, two ranch hands working in the Great Depression. 
Uh, they are named George and Lenny. Now, uh, George is the smart one. Lenny is what we used to call in the 90s. I don't know what the politically correct term is anymore. In the 90s, we, uh -oh. would, we would say Lenny was retarded. Okay. So Lenny had a habit. Uh, he was a big guy who loved to pet things. But you see, unfortunately, Lenny couldn't control himself. So he would break their necks uh, by petting them too hard. Ugh including the ranch owner's daughter. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I need to check out this book. <laughs> <laughs> so, spoiler alert, the end of the book is uh, George has to put Lenny down. Anyway, Ozzy is nice. Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a simple guy. Um, you can tell real quick that Alex is like a, a probably too smart for his own good, um, preteen, um, kind of foul-mouthed, and he essentially is kind of like Ozzy's boss or foreman. Like, he he kind of tells him what to do, and Ozzy does it. And, and just so we're clear, I, I mentioned he was Nathan's little brother. I do mean little. This is a child. He's like 10 years old. Yeah, yeah, he's very young. <laughs> so, what did you know? It Lenny gets covered in paint. He goes inside to wash the paint off, finds himself downstairs, and unwittingly releases our leprechaun from his 10-year slumber. That's right. He's still inside the crate, um, covered in some spider webs. He's just been chilling there, um, you know, against his will, obviously, for 10 years. But he is out now. And guess what he wants to find? Me gold! <laughs> <laughs> so Lenny informs the rest of the gang about <laughs> Sorry, I literally call him Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy, Ozzy informs the, the rest of the gang uh, about uh, meeting with this leprechaun. Of course, everyone thinks he's insane because leprechauns aren't real, and they think it's just a rat. Yeah, and one important note here, Trent, is so Ozzy sees this, um, obviously gets afraid. He runs up uh, the stairs out of the basement, and the leprechaun, which we don't see these a lot, but he uses like a green magical mist power to close the door. And then um, Ozzy's able to open the door and he says, um, my powers are weak without my gold. So um, presumably we're to think that once he recovers his gold. My powers are weak without my gold. <laughs> yes, it's, it's very comical, stereotypical leprechaun. All leprechauns out there. If you're going to give the line, you got to give it right, Grom. <laughs> that was a little bit of pirate. You're right in between know, pirate and leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so Ozzy, after failing to convince the cast and crew that uh, there's a leprechaun inside, spots a rainbow. And him and Alex yes. chase after the rainbow. And wouldn't you know, the end of the rainbow, they find an old abandoned truck and... This is where Mr. O'Grady hid the bag of gold all those years ago. Yeah, um, not a great hiding place, really. But, you know, they're in this old abandoned truck. It's got a little sack of gold. Um, yeah. It's not a pot of gold. Were you disappointed that you didn't see a big black yeah, pot of what gold? what the hell? It was just a brown <laughs> bag. And later on, we find out there's just 100 coins in it. Like, what the hell? Right. Come on. If you're going to kill people for some gold, like, at least make it worth it. Yeah, or, or acquire more gold in the centuries that you've been alive. <laughs> right. So Alex and Ozzy decide to keep the gold for themselves. They're going to keep it a, a secret, and 
They're going to use the gold to fix Ozzy's brain. Yeah, a little, little touching moment there. Um, oh, touching! Even Ozzy didn't that's, <laughs> that's the word you're using. <laughs> Maybe a bit insulting. Um, it was, it was a little bit comical because Ozzy's like, "Well, what's wrong with my brain?" or something. And he's like, "Nothing." So anyway, <laughs> a ten-year-old child telling an adult, "You're so stupid. We need all this gold to fix you." <laughs> Let's be clear. What happened? So, meanwhile, back at the farm. Yeah, uh, let's keep rolling through. <laughs> back at the farm, uh, Nathan and Tori have, uh, like, like you mentioned, they were flirting a little bit. Now we're starting to see, yeah, maybe, 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 a little, little, little something, something, something. Yeah, and there's so, a little something going on. So, uh, Tori goes to get some more paint from the truck, and she feels somebody rubbing her legs, and she thinks it's just Nathan, and she's all cool with it. And then she gets scratched. And then she realizes yeah. it, ain't, it ain't Nathan. Now it's not we, Nathan down there. Now we know, because we can see that it is our handy dandy leprechaun, but she does not know that. She uh, has no idea what it was. And then we hear a cat uh, crying from the woods. Yeah, her dad runs up because to, to, he hears her screaming. We hear a cat in the woods, like you said. And, you know, you got to go save that cat, right? Yes. So... JD, her father, uh, they track down the sound of the, the meowing or the purring or whatever, and it's coming from a tree. So he sticks his hand in the tree, and he gets bitten by our leprechaun. Now, of course, they still don't know it's a leprechaun, but uh, yes. they, they must now rush him to the hospital. This is a very bad bite. Um, yes. The doctor says he's never seen a bite like this before, and uh, they leave JD at the hospital, and we never see him again. Yes, never to be seen again. I was a bit disappointed by that. Yeah, I, um, I, was, I kept waiting. Like, I thought we'd have, like, a cut scene where the leprechaun went back and killed him for some reason. But no, we just never see or hear from him again. Yeah, never see him again. Um, so we, 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 we have to assume that he survived that yes. leprechaun bite. I don't know if leprechauns carry any kind of rabies or something. But, um, but yeah, see you, J.D. So while JD is at the hospital with Tori and Nathan, wouldn't you just know by the luck of it, there's a jewelry store right next door to the hospital. So Ozzy <laughs> and Alex decide to take their jewelry over, take the gold, I should say, not the jewelry, but these gold coins in to be looked at uh, by the shop owner who tells them that it is in fact solid gold and could be worth a lot of money. could even be priceless because of the unidentified markings on it. So they agree to leave one coin with him overnight and uh, they leave and the leprechaun attacks. Yes. He shows up very quickly. Um, essentially right when Ozzy and Alex leave um, that jewelry store or pawn shop or gold exchange, or however you want to call it. The leprechaun shows up. Um, you know, he wants that piece of gold. So a fight ensues. And for the first time, I, I feel I have not seen every film ever made, Graham. I, I believe it or not, I, there are movies that I have not seen. But I feel comfortable <laughs> in declaring this to ever be the first ever death by pogo stick in a movie. Death by pogo stick. You see, our leprechaun buddy uh, gets the shop owner to the ground, and uh, it's a wooden pogo stick, basically acting like as a stake, and he's just bouncing on him to stab him repeatedly <laughs> with the pogo stick yes. until you can ring that bell for our second death. 
Ding! Shop owner, who we never find out his name, Death by Pogo Stick. That is body count number two. Also, Trent, is this where you feel like the film is kind of starting to turn from traditional horror, maybe into more comedy? Oh, horror, you thought like... there were, you thought there was horror in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I must have I just, missed that. <laughs> this is what I was like. Okay, I get, I get where this is going. This is... I mean, this is a slapstick comedy. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Let me find my place in my notes. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna pick up at the local cafe. Yes. Um, yeah. Go ahead. So uh, at the cafe, we have Tori and Nathan uh, discussing everything that's been going on, um, and then we have a uh, a cutscene where the leprechaun is like hiding on the side of the road in like a go-kart or something. And he's yeah, he finds a go-kart a... at that pawn shop. And oh, right, right. I don't know if he gives it magical powers to make it, you know, go fast, but he's kind of cruising. And uh, a cop sees, you know, yes, a kid in a go-kart cruising, and he's like, let me pull this guy over. <laughs> so he pulls him over. He thinks it's a kid doing like, a, like an Irish voice. So he's like, oh, you're a leprechaun, huh? And darn the luck, it actually is a leprechaun. Uh, a fight breaks out. Uh, uh, the leprechaun basically does a series of different gags and tricks to injure the officer before ultimately snapping his neck in the woods, entering that bell. Number three Number is three. the unnamed police officer. Yes, the unnamed police officer, broken neck. Also, just to go back real quick, um, the sheriff you know, runs into the woods. Um, interesting terrain, I guess. I've never been to North Dakota, so all our North Dakotians, forgive me, but we kind of go from- I, I hear we're big up there. To farm. <laughs> yeah. We go from like kind of desert terrain as they drive in to like more like farm terrain. And then now we're in the woods. Also the sheriff or the cop um, inexplicably just throws his baton like into the woods. Yeah, oh, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> this is literally the one weapon that he has to defend himself and he just throws it. Throws it into the darkness. Um, yeah. So uh, from there, uh, uh, the group all gets back together by the group. I mean, uh, Tori, Nathan, Ozzy, and Alex, they make their way back to the O'Grady farm. Um, the leprechaun is in full chase at this point, believing they have his gold, which I guess is technically true, even though uh, Nathan and Tori don't know it. Right. Um, so and they haven't. They still haven't seen the leprechaun. Is that correct? Well, Ozzy has. Ozzy has, but yes, Tori, Nathan, and Alex still don't um, still don't know this this leprechaun guy is actually after them. So they go back to the farmhouse. They discover it's all been like torn apart. Uh, they don't know what's going on, but Nathan sets up a bear trap. They think a bear came through, um, got the food that was in the house. Um, eventually, they, uh, they, they find themselves uh, in the truck where the leprechaun uses his go-kart to flip the truck. He like rams into them. <laughs> Yeah, so um, it looks like he's taken that truck into the into the farm or into the barn there to do some modifications, including putting a pitchfork on the front. Um, yes. You know, throwback to uh, those robot war programs 
um, from back in the day. He then drives that presumably like what? What do you think? Like 40, 40 pound little car and flips. Yeah, the, the, the physics have some questions. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, they've all seen the leprechaun, but Tori just cannot believe this is a leprechaun chasing them. She denies it um, until Alex and Ozzy reveal Dun, dun, dun. We have his gold. But not only that, Ozzy he ate one it. of the pieces. Yes, he accidentally swallowed one of the gold coins, which are about the size of like, it's a little bit bigger than a quarter, but a little bit smaller than like a, a half dollar. So pretty, pretty tough to swallow one right there. Yes, because everyone knows in order to find out if gold is real, you don't just bite it. Oh, no, you swallow it. <laughs> Well, he's I mean, Lenny, he's folks. A, he's he's Lenny. If you've guy. read that Mice and Men, you're appreciating this. He is Lenny. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, Alex and Ozzy uh, wind up revealing to Tori, hey, we hid his sack of gold in the well. Just go out, get the gold. We'll give it back to him. Everything will be cool. He said all he wanted is his gold back. Fine. He can have it. So they give her the shotgun. She makes her way out to the well. She retrieves it. He magically teleports right there. She gives him the gold. Everything seems mm-hmm. to be cool until we see him counting. 97, 98, 99. Uh-oh. They tricked me. Yes. I'm missing a coin. <laughs> the audience knows. The audience knows just for that coin is. Um, yeah, he's very particular about the count of his gold, Trent. You, you, you don't want to under, undersell this guy. Um, so now... He's hey, I mean, one last piece I mean, he's been locked up for like <laughs> 10 years. So with inflation, really, he should have like 102 coins. <laughs> That's right. That's right. His gold is appreciating throughout the years. Yes, yes. So maybe a pretty good investment strategy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, from there, uh, the chase is on. Now he's demon leprechaun again. Uh, he's like teleporting in cabinets and like, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So <laughs> we forgot to mention one thing about the, the leprechaun earlier, Graham. He has a profession, did you know? Oh, he does have a profession, Trent. He's, he's not just an investor in gold no, no. and other kind of currency. He, he trades <laughs> currencies on the side because you just see he's really a shoe salesman. This is Al yeah, Bundy of leprechaun. <laughs> Yes. Yes. He's a, he's a shoe shiner. He's a shoe enthusiast, if you will. Um, he likes his shoes. He might have a foot fetish. Who knows? So what do, what, what do our beloved gang do? They decide to use this information to their advantage, Graham. They devise a brilliant strategy. <laughs> so weird. That's so weird. <laughs> they, they fill a box full of shoes and then just start throwing them because you see, if, if you're a shoe shiner for a living, you have to sign every shoe. You just, I mean, it's part yes. of the law. It's the law. If he doesn't shine the shoes, he goes to jail, Graham. It's like, a, uh, it's like, a, like when you throw a ball for your dog or a toy and they just have to, they have to go retrieve it, no matter what else is going on. So that is keeping this Levercon very distracted because you got to pick up all these shoes and give them a nice little shine, Trent. So this, this brilliant, the shoe- brilliant plan by our group. The shoe-throwing plan creates a diversion, allowing Tori to run to the truck and make her getaway. But where's she going? You see, she is going 
to meet Mr. O'Grady. Bum, bum, bum. Uh-oh, so he's alive. We find out he is alive. He had a stroke yes. 10 years ago, and he's living in an assisted living home. And he might, Trent, he might have the key to beat this leprechaun. Yes, because Ozzy remembers hearing tales about it. That, 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 that's how this plan comes together. Ozzy, the dumb one, somehow, has this information. He's actually useful for a change. He, he remembers hearing stories of crazy Mr. O'Grady, who used to live here. So she takes off to the nursing home. But you see, Graham, the leprechaun's magic. So while yes. the plan was good enough for her to get to the truck, you see, he can just teleport. <laughs> so <laughs> he finishes shining up his shoes, gets a job well done, and just teleports the follower. Yeah, and he's kind of like water skiing behind the truck for a second. Um, you know, a little, a little bit of the comedy goes in, but yeah. Crashes through the fence like a uh, like Kool-Aid man. <laughs> yes. Goes back through the hole that he created, of course. Um, yeah, so we're getting some laughs along the way. So those of you oh, who you were too laughing. scared during these scenes, <laughs> I mean, you got to laugh, right? <laughs> so we find ourselves at the, at the uh, nursing home. Uh, when did you know the security guard happens to be asleep and, and just happens to have a binder in front of him that says room numbers? Yeah, of course. You know, you got to have that... Uh, you got to have that out there. The sleeping cop thing just cracked me up. Um, it's like, I was expecting her to like lure the keys off of his belt with like, with like a, like an old timey cartoon. Or, 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 you know, she's a, she's a lovely young lady. Why yes, couldn't we'll, get, been a, we'll get to that. Why couldn't it, the, the cop have been, you know, awake and alert and she just, Oh, my grandpa's here. Can you tell me what, you know, bat them eyelashes? Shake those, yeah. those hips a little bit. Get the room number out of him that way. Well, <laughs> instead, he has to be incompetent and asleep on the job. That's right. Anyway, so she gets O'Grady's room number. She makes her, his, her way back to his room where she discovers him sitting in the rocking chair. And she tells him, it's back. And he tells yes. her, oh, uh, I said rocking chair. I meant wheelchair. My bad. Um, and he tells her, Nobody believed me, but you do. She says, oh, yeah, I, I believe you because I saw it. And then he turns around and, oh, my God, it's not Mr. O'Grady. It is the leprechaun. I had my suspicions, but they were confirmed. <laughs> leprechaun is, you know, he's always one step behind and then one step ahead. You just never know where he's going to be. <laughs> so, again, despite having just established the fact that he can teleport, now, in the chase through the, through, through the nursing home, he doesn't teleport. Oh, no, he chooses to stay in the wheelchair and roll himself through the halls. Yes, it was comically sped up as well. <laughs> so she makes her way to the elevator where, wouldn't you know it, now you can ring that bell for Mr. O'Grady. We had to wait for it. But you see, he was thrown through the elevator shaft, crashed into the elevator, and with his dying breaths, he tells her that the only way to win is with a four-leaf clover. And there's a patch of clovers out by the well where the gold was hidden. That's right. So we have, ding, body count number four. four. Mr. O'Grady, I put death by elevator shaft. That's what I have <laughs> in my notes as well. So now we make our way back to the... Formerly O'Grady uh, Farm, as there are no more O'Grady's at this point, um, <laughs> where 
she tells uh, she tells the gang, hey, we have to find a four-leaf clover. They're picking through the clovers. They can't find one. And then she's ready to give up when Ozzy, our fine hero, gives a stirring motivational speech, encouraging her <laughs> to just believe. And wouldn't you know, yes. at that exact moment, he tells her to just believe. He spots in her hand a four-leaf clover. Yes, a perfectly animated or something. I don't know. It didn't look real to me. Maybe the production department put that thing together. But yes, we have a shiny four-leaf clover. Now we can combat and battle Mr. Leprechaun in. So now we are, the stage is set for our final battle, where the Leprechaun has now made his way back to the farm as well. Uh, they get into a standoff. Ozzy reveals to the Leprechaun, you don't want them. Because you see, Ozzy is the brave hero of this tale. I swallowed the coin. You want me. He sacrifices himself. So the, gold, so, so, so the leprechaun says, I don't want you. I want your stomach. <laughs> and as the chase ensues, they lure him outside where Tori manages to shoot the four-leaf clover right down his gullet. Oh, did I miss something? Yeah, it was Alex. Oh, was it Alex? I thought it was Tori. My bad. Or not Tori. Yeah. I thought it was Nathan. My bad. Nathan, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Alex shoots the clover right down his gullet, and some early 90s computer animation ensues with flashing green lights, and there's a little bit of purple, and it looks like the leprechaun is melting. <laughs> and they throw him down the well. They set the well on fire. There's a big explosion. Basically, he says... Uh, He'll stay here forevermore until he's reunited with his gold. So even though we were told yeah. the only thing that could kill him was a four-leaf clover, and they shot a four-leaf clover at him, he's still not dead. So he still can't ring the bell because he's got to make six more movies. <laughs> yes. We don't know. We're, yeah, he's not really dead, or is he really dead? Yeah, he's not really dead. There's a lot more sequels that we have to enjoy more of this. I mean, we've got to go into the hood. We've got to go to space. We're, this leprechaun's got all yes. kinds of adventures to get to. An origin story, another reboot. <laughs> so that is Leprechaun. That is Leprechaun, the, 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 the 1993 classic. A lot to unpack here, Trent. <laughs> a lot. So This is a cerebral film. So, <laughs> So, Graham, there's, there, there's no point beating around the bush here. There's, there's not much redeeming here. Maybe you had fun in a campy way, but this is not a good film by any objective measure. <laughs> so I don't want to yeah. just ask, did you like the film? Because, of course, you didn't like the film. But, Graham, with all the things that sucked in this movie, what sucked the most? <laughs> what sucked the most? There's just so much, like I said, there's so much to unpack here. Um, why does the leprechaun, if he's omnipotent or all-powerful, why do things like shotgun blasts temporarily stop him? Um, how, did, how does he teleport places, but then not other places? He uses his magic once to shut a door, but then presumably doesn't use a lot of magic to move other objects. Um, there, inconsistencies of the leprechaun's powers are one of my pet peeves in this film. 
Yes, I would, I would firmly agree. His powers are all <laughs> over the place. We're told that the longer he's separated from the goal, the weaker his powers are. But, I mean, you just mentioned him shutting the door. That was literally right after he was freed from the crate. So presumably his powers right. should have been at their weakest, but we see him make this display that he never again repeats. So Exactly. I mean, if you can believe that a movie about a deadly leprechaun has some plot holes, I'm here to break the heart, <laughs> folks, because this one does. This one has many plot holes. All right. So I, the other big talking point, there's, there's just no way around it. Jennifer Aniston. This, is, yes. this movie came out in January of 1993. By the fall I've got of some 19- bloody bits here. Ooh, let's, let's hear a bloody bit, shall we? Okay. My, well, the first bloody bit is I know you're going to mention this, so I wanted to beat you to it. This is Jennifer Aniston's feature film debut, ladies and gentlemen. And what like a debut. Trent, <laughs> what a debut. Like Trent was going to say, um, we're about, what, less than a year from a year and a half. This movie comes out in January of 93. The fall of 94 is the debut of Friends. Yes. And then we all know how that goes. She has become from one of the biggest TV stars in history to now. um, Yeah. I mean, one of the most famous actresses there is. I I mean, yeah. History of Hollywood. You're talking about, I mean, inarguably one of the most iconic television shows of all time. Um, Yes. Of course, she was in every episode. All six friends were in all 236 episodes, 10 seasons. They were making a million dollars an episode for the last two years. Just an absolute rating bonanza. The finale is one of the most watched events in television history. I mean, absolutely. I mean, the the show won multiple Emmys. Um, All six became A-list celebrities. The show's been off the air for 15 plus years at this point. It's still a gigantic uh, influencer in terms of streaming, I mean, Netflix paid an absolute fortune to have it, and now it's on HBO Max. HBO Max, yep. So, I funny mean, enough, Trent, I'm actually watching Friends on HBO Max right now as a rewatch, and I've seen, <laughs> I've seen this, I've seen Friends so many times. My wife and I have the habit of, um, you know, like when we're cooking dinner, we just, you know, we don't really want to um, watch anything new. We just either throw on The Office, Parks and Rec, Friends. It's definitely in the rotation. Right. And yeah, we happen to be watching it right now. So, so yeah. And I, like you were going to say, or sorry, like we we're talking about, she's gone on to make um, just a ton of hits over the years, a ton of movies. Yeah. I know she's been the in The Breakup with Vince with Vaughn your, comes to mind. Yeah, The Breakup with Vince Vaughn. You've got Marley and Me. Um, you know, Horrible Bosses was fantastic, which spawned a sequel, which um, was not as successful. <laughs> No, the sequel was not as successful. Uh, we're the um, Millers. Yeah. Um, Office Space. Yes. Um, so I, I, I guess the, the, the question – so, oh, let, let me – I teased earlier. I, I had a comparison for you. This is time to break out that comparison. And it was not the, the, the Linny Ozzy comparison. That was, that was a bonus one just for you listeners. This is, <laughs> this is the real comparison I, I was teasing earlier. So – she goes from being, I mean, you can't call her a bit player because she was the lead of the movie, but this is a tiny, right. tiny, terrible movie to yes. literally being one of the lead cast members of the biggest show in history in a year and a half. Yes. This reminds yeah. me substantially of Chris Pratt 
And the, 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 he went from being a bit player on Parks and Rec. He wasn't even actually accredited as a full cast member in season one. He was a guest star in season one right. to just a couple of years later being the front man of Guardians of the Galaxy and Jurassic World. So from nothing to tippy top of the A-list just like that, Jennifer Aniston and Chris Pratt. How do you, how do you like that? I love that comparison. Um, they definitely, um, you know, started from humble beginnings. Um, you know, this isn't about Chris Pratt, but um, I know he was, he was, uh, you know, he, he waited tables or bartended back in the day, like a lot of actors do, um, got discovered, did a few things, like you said, and then, yeah, he gets Parks and Rec and he's the lovable and goofy, you know, Andy Dwyer. Next thing you know, boom, he is having a franchise, two, two, like billion Mega dollar franchise. franchise yes. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I, I like that comparison a lot because yes, we who would who would have expected um, this nineteen ninety three? I mean, B horror film at yeah. best. Um, <laughs> to yeah, then kind of. I don't know if 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 this if this has any um, weight on what she was later cast in, but yeah, I'm gonna um, guess this one didn't come up in the audition process. <laughs> Probably not. I'm going to guess this was done to get some time in front of a camera and to get your name on, on a credit sheet. Um, but there's another step in this comparison, Graham. I'm not done. I, it's, not, it's not just that easy. Because you see, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Aniston both have something else in common. They are quite famous for uh, being in a celebrity couple that unfortunately just couldn't make it. Of course, Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt fell apart, as did Chris Pratt and his lovely ex-wife, Anna Ferris. The comparisons run deep with these two, don't they? Um, <laughs> I don't have a lot to comment on that, but I will say I think I think Chris Pratt got remarried to like a Kennedy or something. So um, wasn't uh, no Schwarzenegger's daughter, right? It's Catherine Schwarzenegger. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, is, and I think Schwarzenegger's wife is somehow related to the Kennedys in right. some way. His ex-wife. Um, so anyway, so that that was the comparison. So um, I like it. I like it. So as far as the actual. Perf- performance in this movie uh we've talked a lot about the concept of dead teenager movies and final girls and this isn't a true dead teenager movie um and she's not really a final girl in the sense that the final girl means exactly what it sounds like she's the final one left at the end of the movie and in this case Mm -hmm. basically all the good guys survive like none of our five protagonists none of them die um, yeah, I was surprised, um, especially when the movie started. I, I, I thought we were going to have a bigger body count than just four. Yes, very, very uh, low body count uh, compared to some of the other films that we have done. But uh, so you can't really call her the final girl, but she was certainly the lead role in the film. And to me, it felt like, I mean, she was miles ahead of everyone else in this cast, which is not oh. really surprising when you consider, you know, like we just talked about a year and a half from now, she's going to be on the biggest television show in the world. And the rest of these people, I don't kind of know that out, I right? could tell you another project that any of them did. Yeah, she was, as far as acting goes, um, she definitely gets, you know, a favorable grade, you know, even more than passing. I thought she was, and you know, I don't know if it's the Rachel factor in this, but I thought she was—I thought she was good. I thought she was fine. She had some, um, you know, funny moments, but yeah, she was miles ahead of everybody else. Um, you know, from the get-go, really. So I, I do have to uh, have to do mention the the actor who played Ozzy, uh, Mark Holton. He was not done with the Leprechaun franchise, you see. 
he would make the return as Ozzy Jones in 2018's Leprechaun Returns. So a whole 25 years later, uh, Mark Holton (laughs) returns to his starring role as Ozzy the Big Idiot. (laughs) Oh, well, uh, maybe we'll have to review that. I sure as hell hope not. Uh, Leprechaun Returns sometimes. So what did you think of, um, we have to talk about our actual Leprechaun himself. We haven't mentioned him. Um, Warwick Davis. Now, you know, uh, he's actually, he gets, op- say, he, ahead, he gets the opening uh, bill on this. So at the beginning of the film, it's uh, on the screen. It says Warwick. I mean, Davis. the movie's not called the Tory Redding, is it? It's the Leprechaun. Leprechaun. <laughs> right. Um, if you guys don't know Warwick Davis, um, you know, he had a starring role in a, in a film that I was very fond of um, as a child called Willow. He's been in a ton of things over the years. Um, uh, notably the he, Harry Potter series. He played uh, Professor Flitwick, the charm teacher, as well as Griphook, the Gringotts Goblin. And then uh, he also was one of the Ewoks in the Star Wars series. Yeah, he was Wicket. Um, you know, he was one of my, Wicket's one of my favorite characters to play in that Star Wars game that came out on mobile, but we, we're not talking about that today. But, um, yes, Warwick Davis would go on to play up until, I'm looking at my notes here, until Leprechaun 4 in space. So I mean, we started him, wait, we've got actually, it shows him in Leprechaun, all the way to Leprechaun 6, back to the hood. I mean, if you're going to leave a franchise, you want to leave it on a high note, like Leprechaun back in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> that's right i mean he's had a, he's carved out a, a, had a good career um you know throughout the years um he's a little person um like i said willow if you haven't seen willow solid 80s film um yeah how'd you think he did as a leprechaun so this is where <laughs> this is where we can have a little fun not that it hasn't been fun thus far but so we've talked about this is not a good film um nope. I think a lot of the blame can be placed squarely on Warwick Davis's shoulders for that. Um, and doing some research for the film, I, am, I, I, I read that he was the one who decided to turn up the quote-unquote comedy aspects of the film. Um, not that if this was a straight horror film, it would have ever played well. But uh, he certainly took it to a... A, a whole nother level. I mean, just thinking about the uh, that crash through the fence and the whole Kool-Aid man thing. Um, yeah. I, I was not enthralled. Now, I mean, you, you could certainly tell he had fun doing this role, but sure. uh, that doesn't necessarily mean he did a good job at it. Um, yeah, and that's one of my bloody bits here, and you, you kind of nailed it, so I'll paraphrase here. But yeah, according to Warwick Davis, that this movie was originally planned to be just a straightforward horror film. Um, but he wanted those comedic elements. He spoke with the director, um, you know, got his way. So they had to shift and essentially they had to reshoot some scenes um, that afterward, because uh, the producers insisted that this film be made goofier, gorier to appeal to the audience. So he definitely had an influence on his character there, which um, isn't that every actor's dream. (laughs) Oh, I mean, this is, this is his every, I mean, when you talk about, you know, the, the great, uh, you know, 
roles of all time. I mean, who doesn't dream of growing up to be the murderous leprechaun from hell? I mean, that's right. So iconic role, iconic role. It got, I, him, a, it got him a lot of work. So, um, I mean, those are really the two names in the cast. Um, I would say you're talking about, about a lot of fluff as you go on down the list. Um, I've mentioned, I, I thought the whole Aussie character was just atrocious. Um, it very much reminded me uh, of the uh, fifth uh, Friday the 13th film, A New Beginning. Um, there was the mother's son in that film. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember their names. Um, let me pull it up real quick. Friday the 13th Part 5, New Beginning. They were the... Uh, Oh, it was the Winters. I'm sorry. Of course. Who could forget the Winters? Uh, anyway, uh, complete idiot mother-son from uh, Friday the 13th and New Beginning. Um, very much reminded me of that. Um, just, I mean, just a dreadful, dreadful <laughs> role. Every time he's on screen, it drags the film down. Uh, and that's yeah. saying something, folks, because this is, this is, not, this is not high art. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, just, just brutal. Uh, does anything about the cast stand out to you? Yeah. Other than Jennifer Aniston, absolutely not. Um, which funny enough, I did read that, um, would you be surprised to know that she was embarrassed by this film early in her career? Oh, you don't say. (laughs) I have another bloody bit here. Oh, let's hear it. Okay. Buddy, bloody bit number three. So one scene required that the leprechaun, as he's ransacking the kitchen, to find and eat Lucky Charms cereal. Of course, everybody knows the iconic cereal, Lucky Charms, which the mascot is, of course, a leprechaun. Um, Instead of being a murderous, um, spooky leprechaun who doesn't want you to take his gold, he just doesn't want you to take his cereal, but then he sells the cereal. So who knows what he... He's thinking there. But anyway, so General Mills gave them permission. But then once they saw the film, they were so upset, you know, because, you know, you get product placement. Um, You want to see the finished product. Um, So they were upset that they revoked their permission. So the filmmakers then reshot the scene, replacing the brand name with an obvious spoof. I believe they were called like, you know, Lucky O's or something like that. I did notice. I I thought it was an interesting shot. So I'm glad that there's an explanation. Yeah. And so then at the end of the film, when Alex shoots the leprechaun in the mouth with the slingshot, his cool 90s line is, you lucky charms. <laughs> so um, let's, uh, let's talk about the creation of this, of this masterpiece, because you see, it takes a true auteur to write and direct this film. But wouldn't you know it, this all came from the mind of one man, Mark Jones. And uh, taking yeah. a look at Mark Jones's filmography, you know, he worked on some brilliant pieces of work, such as Yogi Space Race, Fang Face, and Dinky Dog. So, you know, <laughs> if he's good enough to write 16 episodes of Dinky Dog, I mean, you're dealing with one of the all-time greats here. There's Kubrick, and then there's Jones. Hey, don't be too, uh, too harsh on this guy. He also wrote a number of episodes of the A-Team, 80s classic. 
Um, went back to the genre with Rumpelstiltskin. I'm sure you've seen that one, Trent. And yeah, no, you're right. Um, hasn't, um, hasn't had the most accolades throughout his career, but you know, he's working in Hollywood, you know, not too bad. Um, I'm giving this guy too much of a pass because this movie was really, really, really bad. I also read that he was like, he can started um, developing this idea and writing for this film in like 85 and it didn't come out till 93. So he had eight years to write. I mean, you got to get it just right. I mean, <laughs> have to get it just right. You got to. Okay. So we do know the movie's bad, but um, it was made on a low budget, um, especially in it, even in 93, this is, this is a low budget of, of less than a million dollars, approximately $900,000. Um, and it did okay at the box office. It made nearly 10 million, Trent. And that's being released like right after Christmas. Janu January 8th, 1993 seems like an odd release date for a horror film. Yeah, very but much so. It paid off, um, you know, and spawned seven sequels. So I think you'd have to chuck this up to a success. Unfortunately, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of wish that there was uh, someone who actually did enjoy this film here to to tell me what I'm missing because I, I just I, I'm I'm not seeing it here. Um, it's not funny enough to be campy, and it's not scary enough to be horror. So I don't I don't really know what this is other than just bad. Um, like you said, you know, it was a financial success. It spawned a franchise, um, but. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, it was 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, unfortunately, Robert Ebert did not uh, review this film. I was very much looking forward oh, to, see, to see his thoughts, but unfortunately, no dice on that. Uh, but 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I, was, yeah. I was reading some... Uh, and, oh, and I should say, that is with some uh, more modern reviews coming in to increase the score, most of the contemporaneous scores, if you could imagine, were less than kind. So even that 21% <laughs> is slightly inflated. Um, so where do you go for your gold standard of ratings, Trent? Are you an IMDb ratings guy? Do you like the Metacritic um, I mean, kind of score, the meta score? They're all Rotten flawed. Tomatoes. There, there's, no, there's, no, there's no perfect system. Um, I think Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the, the critic score is a pretty good indicator. The, uh, ever since they, they changed the way they calculate uh, audience score a few years ago, um, that is a way less reliable indicator now. Uh, it's a terrible change uh, that's been constantly criticized and they've never reverted back to the old way. Uh, that's a story for another day. Um, either way, uh, I mentioned it's 21% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's 17% on Metacritic. So no matter how you chop this up, this is a terrible, terrible film and none yeah. of you should see it. And a 4.8 on IMDb. With, Which is way um, too high. With nearly 23,000 votes. Yeah, I'm sure that got inflated in recent years. There's been a number of, um, let's see, more recent reviews here that are, are kind of uh, enjoying it, I think. Yes, this is nostalgia. user reviews. Yeah, funny, yeah, horror it's, funny. Yeah. It's straight up nostalgia bringing that score up, uh, and that's about it. Um, so, Graham, do you have any closing thoughts on Leprechaun? Um, I, I don't recommend anyone listening see this, um, unless, you know, unless you're, you're, you piques your curiosity, don't pay for this movie anyway. I don't know how you would, I don't know, 
don't want to don't want to promote downloading. Oh, but somehow you can buy it in HD on Voodoo for six dollars. <laughs> there you go. Um, I give it my grade, Trent. I give it a D minus. Oh, this is straight F. I mean, there, there's no question this is an F. <laughs> this, is, this is bottom of the barrel, just bad. No redeeming qualities. Um, I, I take that back. Jennifer Anderson in her jean shorts is kind of redeeming. But other than that, this yeah. is a terrible, terrible film. Yes, agreed. Bad movie. Um, you know, they can't all be classics, so. And yet somehow this one became one. It's funny how that works. It is funny how that works. Sometimes it's just so bad it's good, right? Well, I laughed a little bit. Well, that makes one of us. So that is going <laughs> to wrap up our review of a Leprechaun. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will catch you next time on Body Count.